Jar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Matt messages in. Pitchers and catchers are showing up. After the Chiefs win, can we discuss how Theo's cold shot might compare to Babe Ruth's? I mean, this is a legitimate, a legitimate question. What if Theo, who on Thursday said the following. Let's hear it real quick. What if Theo actually comes through with, yeah, Chiefs win, first night of honeymoon, we're having a baby in nine months. What if that actually happens? Because this this would be a cold shot, which more evidence that it actually happened, a greater cold shot than Babe Ruth's at Wrigley Field. Let's just hear this one more time. You know what my bold prediction will really be? My bold prediction is that after the Chiefs win, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll likely be hearing about a TJ coming soon, about Junior. eight and a half, nine months from now. Oh. How about that? <laughs> he said this on on terrestrial radio in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. A little peek behind the curtain. Last night, as soon as the game ended, I bleep you not. This actually happened. Yeah. We have a show text thread. The first thing that came through was a text from Theo with an emoji of a pregnant woman. That's not a joke. That literally happened. What if, what if that actually happened, Stone? It's actually one of the greatest moments in sports talk radio history. I mean, you're doing I don't right. make the rules. And where my mind goes was, did he just finish up or is he just getting into my it? Mind, let the record show my mind did not go there. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the hard-hitting stuff. I, my mind did not go there. But, but what if nine months from now, Theo is having to take paternity leave and he called a shot? And then you have to ask yourself, uh, are Theo and Ashley's son or daughter, if this does mm-hmm. come to fruition, does he have Patrick Mahomes to thank for coming into this world? Well, yeah, I think there has to be a Patrick in the name if it's a son and a Brittany in the name if it's a if it's girl. You have to, to be honest with you, Patrick Mahomes Taylor. did a lot more, put forth a lot more effort than Theo or <laughs> Ashley did last night. <laughs> Probably. In order to make this happen. Probably. My God. My God. Mm-hmm. The drama. The drama that has come out of Theo's honeymoon. Uh, what did the Super Bowl prove most to you? What did the Super Bowl prove most to you? And did Kyle Shanahan not know the rules of NFL overtime in the postseason? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. By the way, by the way, thanks to the good graces of technology, if you didn't know, now you do, you can watch us. ESPN West Palm Play on YouTube. You can go straight to YouTube, subscribe to ESPN West Palm Play for free, and you can watch this whole damn radio presentation every single day, live, noon to two, here on ESPN 106.3. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, let's go to Dwayne in West Palm. He joins us on the Vic of Theo and Stone. What's up, Dwayne? Hey, fellas. Hey, call me crazy. Love the show, by the way. Thank you. But did the, ref- did the referee explain the coin, uh, before the coin toss? 
the rules of the overtime? Uh, I believe so. Stone, do we have that? We do. do. Uh, we All right, so Dwayne, hang on with us here, and we're going to play this just so we make sure we're all on the same page here. This is the coin flip before overtime. Fred Warner was out there for the Niners. Who was out there for the Chiefs? Do Come we on, maybe Patty. Oh, it was Patty? Okay. So here's Mahomes and Fred Warner. They're at midfield with uh, with the, the head referee. Uh, this is the coin toss. Good job, gentlemen. We're going to play overtime. Playoff overtime, we're going to start a new game. All replays are upstairs. Everybody will have three timeouts. All right? Both teams will have an opportunity to score or opportunity to possess unless the first team is less of a defensive score. All right, any questions? San Francisco. All right, there we go. It wasn't the best explanation. No. Is it pretty cut and dry? Both teams will possess unless there's a defensive score. Yes. So, Dwayne, there's the answer to your question. Like, th- to me, that makes it even more unconscionable that I feel like Kyle Shanahan didn't know the rules. Exactly, because he definitely said both teams would get a chance to uh, possess the ball. Right. <laughs> right. Both teams. Hey, it was all right there. Uh, Dwayne's not hearing it incorrectly. Stone and I aren't hearing it incorrectly. I mean, for me, I, I look at that, and it- did that ultimately cause the loss? I don't know. But how can you go into an offseason and John Lynch not sit down and say, uh, Kyle, we might have a communication issue here. Like that's that's crazy. And appreciate the call, Dwayne. I just know that in this working world that we live in, this corporate world that we live in, and it's happened to me before, where I don't communicate something properly and something happens and we make it work, right? We navigate around it. I don't want to get into too many details, but because I I didn't communicate properly or I completely forgot that I had uh, had done something and all of a sudden, oh, God, it's there in front of me and I need to, to, to make it work from a radio standpoint. I just There's a lot going on in my head and I forgot and I didn't write down. That comes off as me not being properly prepared, right? Kyle Shanahan, if he doesn't know the overtime rules, especially against the backdrop of Andy Reid and the Chiefs two straight weeks going through hypotheticals and knowing exactly how they were going to handle overtime, that is an atrocious look for Kyle Shanahan. Atrocious. Worse than throwing the ball on third and five coming out of the two-minute warning. Yeah, uh, I think if you were to ask Kyle, and if he were to be transparent and talk about, yeah. You're, I, you're I, on I, a first-name basis with I old Kyle? I screw that up. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. I mean, Kyle. Oh, okay. All, I mean, the entire family. I'm close with Shanahan. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... <laughs> If he were to be transparent and talk about him fumbling that opportunity, that is probably the most regrettable coaching decision that he's had yep. in his entire existence. I wonder if he's going to own it at any point. Because you I, can't. I, you you can't, don't think you can't do that to Niners well, faithful. You can't do that. Should Kyle Shanahan? We're assuming should right he take here a page on this show. Out, should he take a page out in the newspaper in San Fran? No, but I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it to the media because they're going to have a postseason press yeah. conference. Say I was not 100 percent clear. Because again, when he's saying something like this on CBS after the game uh, outside the locker room, let's hear it one more time. Sorry. Understanding it's raw, and again, it went into overtime. But is there anything? right now that you feel like was the difference down the stretch? Um, I mean, love to score a touchdown there at the end and not give Pat another chance. Love to score a touchdown there at the end and not give Pat another chance. Now pause. That sounds like regular season rules he was operating by. Now pause. I want to listen to this one more time. Understanding it's raw and again it went into overtime, but is there anything right now that you feel like was the difference down the stretch? Um, I mean... 
love to score a touchdown there at the end. Not get Pat another chance. Now, are we sure that he's not talking about the end of regulation? Based off of the question that was asked, he said down the stretch, right? So when there was a minute thirty seven on the clock, he still would have had he still would have had a chance to come down the field and score. He still would have pushed back to that. So. I mean, then we start just putting words in his mouth. Right. Oh, we would have taken more time off the clock, and then we would have punched it in, and there would have been 15 seconds left. I don't think we could give him that benefit of the doubt based on the fact that he took the bowl to start overtime. He navigated overtime as if it was the regular season when the better play statistically and from a game plan standpoint is to then be reactive to what your defense accomplished on the field first. The old college approach, which is basically what it is, except you're going with a full field. So I think Kyle Shanahan didn't know the rules. Should it, Does it benefit Kyle Shanahan to own up to the fact he didn't know the overtime rules? Stone, like a true dirtbag, says, nope, lie about it. Me? Absolutely. I think that shows accountability. Should Kyle Shanahan own up to the public he didn't know the overtime rules? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What was that? Accountability. 888-760-3776. And social media at KLV1063. David's been waiting patiently, and boy, do we appreciate him for it. Where is David at, He's in Stewart, the beautiful Stewart. David in Stewart on Levick at Theo and Stone. Hey, David. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Appreciate it. Hey, my take on Mahomes, the maker of miracles. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have put themselves in the position to win three Super Bowls in a row. Do they sell out to try to do that by maybe picking up another player, moving up in the draft? Do they sell out? to be the first team in history to win three Super Bowls in a row. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I await your answer over the phone. I appreciate it, David. And boy, are we going to be uh, have a, a dramatic, dramatic entrance for you here into this, uh, this, this response. Um, so I saw Evan Cohen tweeting about this, and uh, I, I don't have the, I don't have the, actual tweet in front of me but Evan Cohen on Sportsman like 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3 every day he tweeted something to the effect of yes the Chiefs had maybe their weakest weapons offensively during this run and let's make no mistake this is a dynasty the D word absolutely applies here Um, but why wouldn't you come back with most of this core group because it did work where you spent a lot of the year relying on the defense and then you let Mahomes be Mahomes, right? There is a little bit of a recipe while you might want to enhance some things here and there, a little bit of a, re- a recipe to to going back and running it back to an extent to go for a third straight. Forget selling out, as David put it. Here's your priority in the offseason. If you're the Chiefs front office, if you're Andy Reid, if you're Steve Spagnuolo, exactly. We're on the exact same page. Chiefs, listen to me right now. I'm looking straight into the camera, right into your eyes. Your priority is not anything to surround Patrick Mahomes with. It is pay 95 on defense. Get Chris Jones back. Lock him up. Big money. That man's the key. The Chiefs can absolutely, if Chris Jones is locked in and playing a full season, win a third straight, and then you figure it out in that receiving core. And Rasheed Rice, that guy is nice. He's nice. He's someone that you probably can really build up as a number one option for your boy. And he don't care how much money he makes standpoint. right now. He, don't, he could give a damn right now. As yeah. long as he's contending for Super Bowls, Chris Jones, and, and again, this is, casuals is a harsh word, but 
for somebody in the trenches who has their hand in the dirt, whether you're playing three tech, whether he's on the edge sometimes when they go three down, it goes unnoticed what he does and, and how he dictates what a defense can do, right? Because what Spagnola has an opportunity to call, some of the pressures he's able to dial up, or some of the zone that he's able to put behind Chris when they're rushing three because he knows he's going to attract a double. I can run games behind him. There are so many things that Chris Jones enables this Chiefs defense to do, let alone one of the best defenses in the league all year long. Again, something I think that went unnoticed until the postseason came about. Chris Jones is the heart and soul of this team if it's not for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right now. Patrick Mahomes, MVP, pretty obvious. But if you really wanted to dig deep, why were the Chiefs in the situation in order for Pat Mahomes to do his magic? Chris Jones could absolutely have been in the Super Bowl MVP conversation. How about there this were one? three third downs in critical situations where the 49ers have a play and Chris Jones is there in his face. This is not the Super Bowl, but look at the Bills game. Josh Allen had a touchdown down the middle to in the end zone. Yeah. And why was that play blown up? Because Chris Jones was in his face. That would have won the game for the Bills. Yeah, I don't think... And and what a stud, man! Former offensive lineman and defensive lineman who are out there listening right now, they're going to love this one here. I don't think the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl if it's not for Chris Jones. I I completely agree. If with you, you go to that Buffalo Bills game and Josh Allen is able to find a platform and hit Stephon Diggs on that dig in the baseline, there they're not in the Super Bowl. Like they're just not in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones has done a lot. That's I don't think it was Diggs. It was um Shakir. No. No, no. I don't know who else. I mean, who was it that was yelling at the Bills fans after the game? Uh, he had the touchdown catch in that 2021 famous divisional uh, that put the Bills ahead late. Um, oh, God. Who was their number two? Uh, Why am I blanking <laughs> I on mean, this? The number two is Gabe Davis. There you go. It was Gabe Davis. It was Gabe Davis who was by himself in the yeah. end zone and it came up short. There yep. we go. Thank you. Uh, what did the Super Bowl prove to you last night? It proved to me. Uh, real quick, uh, before we get to, to calls again, I want you to listen. Usher. Like, that's a halftime show was fine, right? It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. There's been better, like Bruno Mars. That, to me, is the standard for a halftime show. Bruno Mars is the top-notch musician when it comes to in-concert, live, you just getting, having things wash over you, emotions and fun and energy. Maybe you're a little bit scintillated, the entire thing. Bruno Mars, his halftime show, that's the standard. Prince, uh, down in Miami, that's the standard, okay? Rain enduring purple rain, it doesn't get much more perfect for that. And uh, I, I trust that Prince probably is the reason why it rained, like he found a way supernaturally to make that happen, Okay. Uh, Usher was fine. It was more like Usher getting an excuse to show off his dance moves, show off the pecs, the whole thing, which is fine. That's part of the Usher allure. I get it. But Alicia Keys was part of the proceedings. Alicia Keys, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to her first couple of moments on the international stage there during Usher's halftime performance last night in Vegas. And while I'm a huge Alicia Keys fan, we all are. This could not have gone any worse. Listen to this dreck from Alicia Keys. Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing all right. at all. Stop it right there. Let's go back to the beginning real quick. This was Alicia Keys. I don't know if she's sick. I don't know if she's washed. I don't know if she's bad. She looked beautiful. I'll give her that. But listen. She looked thick, too. She looked great. I mean, thick. Phenomenal. It was nice. But then there's this. Some people Stop it. Some people. <laughs> Some people. 
that's objectively poor. Some people. Some people. Yeah, that's rough, man. It's like she forgot to clear her throat yeah, like a second or two right before she, she took but, off. But again, she still struggled with that. Some people. Some people. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. If we're going to get on Kyle Shanahan, we should get on Alicia Keys Straight as well. Straight up. Right. Uh, where are we going on the phones? Uh, Glenn Lake Worth. Glenn in Lake Worth. Hello, Glenn. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, what's the question? A couple of minutes have passed by. What do you want to ask? What do you want me to reply to? Yeah. I mean, we do throw a lot at everybody. I know. I'm sorry, Glenn. I know. We're, we're, we're all over the place, man. Here, Glenn, uh, yeah. what did last night prove to you from a Super Bowl standpoint? What did the Super Bowl prove to you? It could be anything. And uh, Kyle Oh, it's proof. Yeah. 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 Proof to me, and I take it from Urban Meyer, actually, oh. is that special teams will make or break you in a big time. About event. it. Well, like if you're goal. Urban Meyer, then you go kick your kicker. If you're Urban Meyer on special teams, yeah. your approach is to kick exactly. your kicker. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, the, the box punt return on the 49ers side, and then on the Chiefs side, they got the blocked punt, and it, it goes down to special teams. Yeah, that's what I had to say. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, appreciate it, Glenn. What was that at the beginning of the call? I I totally understood what he was trying to do. Like, were we were was, did he just want to weigh in and didn't know what we were talking about, well, or was all, he just making fun that. of us for like we throw out a billion topics at one He's time? He's definitely not making like, fun of us. Terrible sports talk. Radio. Loves the show. Shout out, Glenn. But no, I, I don't blame him at all. There are times where we'll throw four or five questions out at some of our listeners. Oh yeah, if you're no. not tapped in for the entirety of what an hour right. and twenty nine minutes right now. You know what? I understand that it gets confusing. I want you to give a little. I want to give a little insight into the show, though, real quick before we get to a dog bleep Monday and Stone Super Bowl notes. Um, we still haven't even gotten to your what you what you got proved. Come I'm on. sorry, I'm abandoning you. Um, my mind, I'm very. How would you say borderline mentally ill? Uh, terrible adult ADHD. So things come into my brain, and then I put them out there. Then I'm like, you know what? I want to discuss that, and I want people to weigh in, and that's why. Most days, it seems like there's about 17 or 18 different topics at any given time. And for that, I apologize. But I appreciate you guys hanging in there because this show, there might not be another stream of consciousness show, uh, show and snow like this. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think every human would agree with you. They just don't have a platform where they talk for a living yeah. right, or want answers from the public. You just yeah. sit at your desk in your cubicle and let your ADHD and everything just bounce off your brain walls. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, Tyler messages in on YouTube. And again, you can watch us, by the way, in all of our homely glory, uh, ESPN West Palm Play on YouTube. Just go to YouTube. You'll see us right now. I'm looking at me as we speak. Tyler messages. Just now tuning in. Where's y'all's Chiefs fan, Theo Dorsey? The Chiefs fan was in quotation marks. Another vacation? Wedding? Sick? This is crazy. All right. This has been a pretty common criticism of Theo Dorsey. He he does take an awful lot of time off. I think the criticism is deserving. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush him for it. The man's busy. I will. Man has a lot to do. Um, the man just got married, so I'm not gonna crap all over his uh, betrothed parade. What I do know is we have locked him in for three straight months during the summer. He can't take a day off from May through August. He doesn't know this yet. But he gets the summers here on Levick at Theo and Stone. You talk about the least interesting 
portion of you know uh, a sports calendar. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we'll great make call. it fine. We'll Woo-hoo! make it fine. But he's 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 the one who's going to have the keys to this entire automobile. Uh, Kyle Shanahan should he own up to not know the rules of overtime? What did UF prove most to you during the Super Bowl? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, that's 888-760-3776, social media at KLV1063. I can already tell that it is going to be a, a sprint to the finish to get a Dog Bleep Monday in and Stone Super Bowl notes real quick before the week. And what the Super Bowl proved to me. And what would the Super Bowl prove to Stone, yes. Uh, wait with bated breath, uh, just uh, real quick. Some people want it all. Yikes. Some people That's Stone. I'm Ken Levick at Theo and Stone, ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. In just a moment, Stone Super Bowl notes because he literally sat next to Papa Labanowitz. That's right. Watched the Super Bowl and took notes last night. Uh, that was a revelation to me. He's also going to tell you what the Super Bowl proved to him last night and a little Dog Blade Monday. Here on Levica, Theo, and Stone. Um, yes. What's up, Coach Sala? Let's go ahead and do our uh, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. Hut! Green! Hut! Hut! Oh, no. There's a man down. Dre Greenlaw of the 49ers injuring his Achilles walking to go play defense is one of the all-time Super Bowl injuries. Unlucky, terrible. It wasn't just the Dre Greenlaw running out onto the field and hurting his Achilles. It was also George Kittle with his shoulder injury going to the locker room, really not playing much of a part in the game except for that fourth down conversion reception. Right. The 49ers got done in, in part, because they suffered some significant injuries last night. Is that fair to say? Oh, also, Kyle Shanahan not knowing the rules of overtime. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's brain on the injury report. Um, For George Kittle's sake, I saw a lot on my Twitter timeline. Oh, my God. If I was ever given the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl and I'm in overtime, there's no way I'm leaving that field. You want to know why George Kittle left the field? To go get a 12-inch cortisone yep. shot jammed right up there and touch yep. that bone, bone tapper, because he probably separated shoulder, uh-huh. AC joint, collarbone, and he said, I know you can't jam me or jab me in the blue tent, so let's go do that real quick. And he was on the field in 45 the, seconds. The people questioning George Kittle and how much pain he was in, you're right. He's going to get a needle in the arm so yeah. he can come back out and play. Those are the same people that are sitting on their couch jamming cheddar goldfish into their face <laughs> for two hours. The I would never leave all the over field. Their pants. You'd have to drag me off the field. Yeah. Like you wouldn't even, you would faint when you saw the needle that was jammed <laughs> in his shoulder. Why don't you stick to the Twinkies? Mm-hmm. Let George Kittle stick to being the tough guy, okay? 
That is your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, they have a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Time now for a dog bleep Monday. Is there something you saw, read, or heard that was abject dog bleep in sports this weekend? Bet you did. It's a dog bleep Monday right here on ESPN 106.3. And for this, Coach Sala. Dog will lead us in. Thank you, Coach. And it just so happens that we start a dog bleep Monday by talking about Robert Sala's team, the New York Jets. Don't do this. It was five minutes after the Super Bowl ended when the New York Jets tried to interject themselves into the football romance that was all washed over us as if they're anything relevant on Super Bowl Sunday, as if they've been anything relevant since Joe Namath called his shot in Super Bowl Three and Miami Beach saying, we are going to win the big game. We are going to win the Super Bowl. The New York Jets. The least relevant team yesterday, five minutes after the game ends, the Jets tweet out, new uniform unveiling in April, as if anybody gives a single solitary damn. You mean to tell me, while I'm scrolling to hear about champions, while I'm scrolling to learn about why a team won the ultimate prize. Why said quarterback Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time? What does he have to say? Andy Reid, as I declared earlier today, greatest pro football coach that has walked into the league. The New York Jets have the gall to try and sit there and think that they are going to they're going to hijack some of the football spotlight with an announcement about new uniforms. Get the bleep out of here. Nobody cares. New York Jets, what a bunch of crap. What a pile of dog bleep. Um, yeah, it was dog <laughs> Congrats on your new uniforms and what will be your third place finish in the AFC East next year. My submission for dog bleep Monday? Mm-hmm. Ken Levicka for going after the New York Jets, right there. That's a simple. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, my dog bleep Monday is every single human being out there who uttered or opened their mouth and had anything negative to say about Tony Romo. Tony okay. Romo last night, I enjoyed. He gives more insight than anybody that I've heard at 25 years old on any professional football broadcast. It's insightful. It helps. He clears things up. A lot of the prediction things that originally made him savvy now make you mad why why it's the same it's the same exact thing what you thought was cool then isn't cool now so a lot of the tony romo slander really really pissed me off we're trying to plug and play guys and i think the public now thinks their opinion matters more than i don't know i any slander on tony romo to me last night was dog bleep straight up here's what's happening with tony romo it's become trendy to just nitpick the hell out of him and then to pile on him 
There's been a lot of stories written uh, about Tony Romo's struggles in the booth. Why is he struggling? Him and Jim Nance, their chemistry or lack thereof, especially with all the money that he makes. Year one, he was a bit of a revelation. And since then, he seemed to regress a little bit. It's because now he's just being hyper-targeted. It's very easy to just pick on Tony Romo and his broadcasts. I thought Tony Romo was just fine last night. I thought he did a really good job. In the fourth quarter, when the 49ers are driving, Christian McCaffrey's getting five, six yards of carry. This is inside of five minutes left to go. Tony Romo is repeatedly saying, Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to bring pressure, bring pressure, because you at least want to give your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, a shot here at the end. You might want to even consider, like, hey, it's okay if we give up a score, even if it is a touchdown, because we have Patrick Mahomes. But the last thing you want to do is get gouged four or five yards at a time, not bringing pressure, and then you have no clock to work with at the end. If you're Steve Spagnuolo, you've got to realize, I've got Patrick Mahomes on the other side. What played up? That exact same scenario. Tony Romo unequivocally nailed that last night, and I thought he did a great job. Bingo, bingo, bingo. And I think what Tony Romo did in the spot like that, talking about, hey, Spags need to dial up some pressure right here. It turns the viewer's attention to the defense, mm-hmm. which it's rarely on when you're watching a game in the NFL. If you don't know X's and O's, you're never watching the defense, right? You're watching right. Brock Purdy. But in this sense, when Tony says that, you say, okay, we turn my head to the left a little bit and see if he's dialing up pressure. Oh, there yep. is pressure. Brock's going to have to get the ball out quicker. Like he's helping somebody who's not into the weeds from an X's and O's perspective watch the game. Can Tony Romo be corny? Sure. Can we all be corny? His his voice, is it the most aesthetically pleasing? Probably not. But I like Tony Romo other than his infatuation with Josh Allen. And we've ripped on him for that. There's no we there. Okay, me. Alien. But I like his excitement. And if you're trying to make him something he's not, he, he understands the criticisms. He's trying to change. And now he's in that in-between. And it's opening him up to more criticism because he's not being himself. Right. The one thing that I would get on him for, this is the final call. This is Jim Nance on CBS. This is the final call, the game-winning throw in overtime. Pat Mahomes to McCole Hardman. Tony Romo trampled all over the final call. Here's what it sounded like. He moved to the second quarter. That's right, because I can only feel the number of people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hardman! Jackpot! Kansas City! This was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at all that right. moment, so typically in that spot, you'd want to want to let it breathe on the television broadcast. The crowd noise, the visuals, that's all you need. That's what Jim Nance was going for. But then Tony Romo just bam right in there to break down the play. Here is how I look at it. Jim Nance has been doing this a long time. It is his job to make sure Tony Romo knows in the moment, a guy who's high-strung, excited, wants to talk about why that worked so well because he saw everything play out. Jim Nance needs to hold the hand out and say, give it a second. I'll let you go, but without saying it, hold the hand out and keep Tony Romo at bay. And I don't think Jim Nance did that. So if you want to crush Tony Romo for crushing that call, for trampling over that call, just know that Jim Nance plays a part in that as well. Okay? I love that by you. And Uh, I'm just saying this as a play-by-play broadcaster myself. And I'm not the level of Jim Nance, okay? 
But Jim Nance has a responsibility to hold off Tony Romo until it's time. And I would push back in the sense of Tony Romo. No, that's going to sound like a D-bag. Tony Romo, in my mind, we were in the same exact place. I said, oh my God. I immediately visualized mm-hmm. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. As soon as my mind went there, wow, was that a zing? Click back motion. I think they call it a hot dog. Oh my God. And then Tony Romo said it. And I'm like, boom. So I visualized, like it took me to a, a cool place. Maybe I, it's corn dog. I didn't. Corn dog. Corn He's dog. corn dog. Ew. Think back. There's plenty of different names, but for Andy, it's the Andy Reid special. It took me right back to when they won their Super Bowl. Now they're back to back. Like I didn't mind it from time. By the way, are you a corn dog fan? I mean, God, am I? Okay, I'm not a big fan. I don't need breading on my uh, glizzy. Uh, joining us now from the Dominican Republic. I don't know. Is he on his cell phone? Does he understand how much this probably costs him? Uh, Theo Dorsey now married, uh, and uh, based on his bold, bold prediction on Thursday, apparently a, a father to be. In nine months, uh, Theo, congratulations! How's uh, oh, how's the Dominican Republic? Are you on a boat? Are right you on now? a boat? I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'm driving a golf cart. So this beautiful <laughs> resort we're at actually gives you a golf cart to kind of push around in. Oh, so you're not even so golfing; you're just here. transporting yourself via golf cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really dope, man. Like this is maybe the best place I've ever uh, visited, man. It's like luxurious. It didn't cost me a penny because my mom hooked us up for the honeymoon. Hell so yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, this is like, uh, this is paradise, man. Uh, uh, what happened yesterday? Was there a game or something like that? Or you, uh, you tell us, man, because you apparently had big plans if things went your way. So you just tell us, man. There's a lot of people today uh, in our social media uh, replies saying, uh, Theo called a shot. It's like Babe Ruth. Uh, just need to make sure it comes exactly. through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, my follow-through is great. My follow-through is amazing, like Harrison Bucker was on all his kicks mm-hmm. last night. Uh, like my guy, Leo Chanel, who blocked that extra point, making it all possible. Like, I, when I tell y'all I'm on an all-time high, I was going to add to Dog Bleep Monday and curse you guys out for keeping me on hold, knowing that this call Sorry. cost me $30 a second. <laughs> but but I, I'm, I'm on an all-time high, all positivity, married my soulmate, the love of my life on Friday, Hell yeah. the Chiefs. <laughs> Hell Third yeah. Super Bowl in five years. Uh-huh. Just a beautiful occasion, back to back to back. And now I'm just kicking it in paradise. This is your first Super Bowl. What do you mean back to back to back? This is your first Super Bowl. I'm talking about back to back to back amazing events that happened yeah. in my life. But yeah. this is my second Super Bowl title with the Chiefs, actually. So That's I right. appreciate you. One more than Taylor um, Swift. Yeah, come on. Come and, on. And, and her, uh, her Theo, Chiefs I, fandom. Theo, can I ask you something real quick? And then we need to yeah. go to break. We do got to go to break really Eastern bad. time. Uh, yeah. Is Ashley sitting next to you? Yeah, Ashley, say what's up. Oh, my God. Hi, everybody. Hi, hey. Ashley. Congratulations. Congrats. Congratulations in a multitude of ways. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks so much. Yeah. My voice is gone. That's how you know. That's fine. That's fine. You sound like Alicia Keys. You sound like Alicia Keys last night. Her voice is gone. Oh, yeah. We got to go to break, Theo. All right. Guys, guys yeah. call, call us tomorrow. We appreciate you. Uh, I'll send you an invoice. Send me an invoice for that money that it took for the phone call. That's Stone. I'm Ken Levick at Theo and Stone, ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Hey, real quick, before we wrap up, tomorrow, by the way, we're at uh, the Delray Beach Open, all right? Yeah, baby! Delray Tennis Center. Stone's going to be in his element. Want to give a shout-out to the fine folks of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, number one in the nation in postgraduate sport management degrees, number 10 in the world according to Sport Business. Sign up 
for summer semester, fall semester classes now, remote or on campus in Boca, fau.edu slash MBA sport, fau.edu slash MBA sport. Your path to the sports industry is the FAU MBA sport management program. Dan Cornelly and company. And you guys are awesome. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. By the way, FAU basketball. Down four to number 24, still ranked after their loss to UAB on Thursday. We'll see you for tennis tomorrow. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.